You're listening to the Gov Future Podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we talk to Taka Ariga, who is Chief Data Scientist, Director of Innovation Lab at Government Accountability Office, GAO. Taka shares how the GAO leverages data to inform its decision-making processes, how government accountability is adapting as emerging technologies change the way people interact with the government agencies, how the GAO addresses concerns related to ethics, privacy, and security, and how increasing use of automation is helping with the mission of the GAO. Stay tuned. And welcome to the Gov Future podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And we really hope you've been enjoying many of our great interviews with thought leaders across the public sector, folks that are doing work at the federal level in the U.S. and state and local level. We have some great more interviews across federal, civilian and defense science and all sorts of different parts of the government, folks, even from international government as well. So if you are not subscribed to hear about how governments are adapting transformative technology and listen to our conversations on key topics that are focused on helping you, our listeners and our GovFuture members, learn the latest innovations and best practices, I encourage you to subscribe today. And that way you will stay ahead of what's happening with innovation in the public sector. Exactly. Because if you're not familiar with the GovFuture community, it's the fastest growing community of government innovators. You can learn more at GovFuture.com, and I encourage you to check it out if you're not already a member. We really try and bring the entire public sector ecosystem together, so we don't want to focus just too heavily on one particular area. And that's why these podcasts are so important, because we're able to bring a wide variety of thought leaders from the public sector space to our podcast For today's podcast, we're excited to have with us Taka Ariga, who is the Chief Data Scientist, Director of Innovation Lab at Government Accountability Office, the GAO. So welcome, Taka, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at GAO. Happy to. Uh, I have a dual role at the Government Accountability Office as uh, GAO's first Chief Data Scientist but I also lead the work of our innovation lab. And that's really a recognition for GAO that for us to do our oversight effectively, we need to have a fairly uh, prescriptive view on emerging technology, such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, cloud services, et cetera. Um, GAO has a very important mandate to conduct federal government oversight of these programs. So we need to understand the inner mechanics of these technology uh, to address not only performance issue, but certainly any sort of a societal impact that, for example, AI may have. Um, but the greedy strategy here is while we're unpacking uh, these inner mechanics of technology, why can we also think about how these capabilities might also enhance GAO's oversight capacity? Um, so, uh, you know, a, example of that would be our work around extended reality or drone, uh, but also uh, a lot of heavy uh, development work around the use of generative AI within GAO as well. Yeah, that's definitely capturing a lot of people's attention lately, especially the large language models. And actually, there's a lot of interesting ways that we see government organizations both looking to use them and using them to do things like respond better to uh, citizen needs and to various aspects of their mission. But uh, that's getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about 
how maybe how are you today? What's happening in today's environment? Maybe even what's happening in the near future about how GAO is leveraging data uh, to inform decision makings and perhaps some of the more advanced ways you're looking at analytics and things like that to provide some deep insights. That's a great question. Um, using data is nothing new to GAO. Uh, GAO has existed for a little over 100 years or so, and we really pride ourselves in that uh, objective, nonpartisan quality uh, quality work. And that underpins uh, the sort of the data centric approach that we take. And so but in the in sort of a digital era, what that really changes, how can we uh, think about sort of alternative way of uh, collecting data? So typically, when GAO conducts an audit, we will issue data requests to agency and those data gets extracted from system, and we will do our analysis accordingly. But more and more, we have now opportunity to sort of generate data in a way that, for example, using drone telemetry um, and other sensory information using extended reality where we might be able to uh, embed machine learning model to, for example, auto count inventories and do some computer vision type of work. And so those kind of, uh, I, I think, novel data sets are becoming increasingly part of GAO's way of conducting oversight. So developing capacity in terms of how we collect them, how we process them, how do we apply data science to uh, that kind of information? But also more importantly, how do we develop the kind of data-centric narrative so that we can support absorption of these complex topics in a way that enhances sort of congressional oversight on, on various topics? Yeah, that's really interesting and exciting to hear all these new ways that you're collecting data. I mean, and of course, everybody who has worked in or around the government knows that the government has lots of data. So we need to make sure that we are, you know, using it ethically and responsibly and, and addressing all the different factors that come into play. So how do you address concerns related to ethics, privacy and security when leveraging data and AI technologies as well? Yeah, one of the sort of foundational guide, a principle that GAO lives by is what we call the Yellow Book Standard. And that is a shorthand for generally accepted government auditing standards. And within that standard, it requires all federal programs to be effective, efficient, economical, ethical, and equitable. And as an auditor, we follow those same principles as well. So when we request information from agency, we guarantee that we will protect that information at or above uh, how that agency is protecting that information. Uh, we're making sure that there's need to know basis. We make sure that we only request what we need in order to conduct our oversight work effectively. And so there's a lot that we go through to make sure that um, you know, while we are carrying out the important oversight function, we're not applying undue burdens on the agency, but we also are not collecting information that we don't need. And even if we do, we're protecting them accordingly so that it's not a broad access even within GAO on, for example, PII information or other sensitive data. Yeah, that's really important. I know that, you know, it's just top of mind for most folks as we start to make more use of data. We have all these, well, we've been always making use of data as you mentioned over the past many decades, but we're making this more advanced use of data where some of the problems that perhaps we may have only had if we were say database administrators dealing with say data quality, and maybe the, you could think of it as like the luxury of those days when I only had to deal with that when I'm integrating data or moving data around. Now we have to deal with these issues all the time, right? When we're dealing with issues of data bias and data accuracy and also missing data. And then also we have challenges and sometimes we're not allowed 
allowed to combine data together, perhaps because it becomes personally identifiable and all these reasons. It's interesting how things have changed. So, um, you know, sort of talking a little bit more broadly about that, let's talk about some of those challenges. You know, uh, those are some data-specific challenges, but maybe in general, like, you know, what do you see as some of these the challenges that you uh, the GAO has encountered as it's adopting these technologies, and maybe even more broadly around modernization, you know, modernizing the the systems that that uh, GAO is working with. Sure. Uh, let me just add one more thing to the previous questions about protecting privacy, security, and uh, sensitivity of data. And part of the way that we sort of ensure that we're using data appropriately is through a multidisciplinary process. So these are not just data scientists get together and say, how might we analyze information? That we will have conversation with our lawyers, with other subject matter experts to say, you know, while there are benefits in sort of augmenting data in different ways, are there unintended consequences that we're creating? And does that risk outweigh the benefit that we're looking to uh, generate? So it's a very deliberate process that we take to make sure that we are safeguarding the information that we're entrusted with. Uh, to your questions around modernization, you know, change is never easy. And, and that is the same at GAO. Um, but to me, technology usually is not the challenge. Um, you know, we have a lot of smart people here. We understand how the technology itself, whether it's cloud, whether it's AI, whether it's blockchain, how they generally function. Um, a lot of our focus really is around the cultural mindset. Um, so I'll give an example. You know, even in uh, infrastructure modernization, uh, there may be tendency to think about how do you lift and shift into from an on-premise environment into a cloud environment. Whereas from an innovation lab perspective, we typically uh, focus on how do we be cloud optimized? So not just lift and shift into a new environment. And part of that uh, sort of um, sort of process is also making sure that we're reinventing our business processes to accommodate that modernization. Otherwise, just putting a faster, shinier, uh, processing capabilities on existing um, processes doesn't always solve the challenges either. So we do put a lot of um, a sort of focus around not only the cultural transformation, but also the change management process. And so technology usually takes care of itself pretty straightforwardly. Yeah, well, it's great to hear too about, you know, ethics and taking that so uh, you know, a real responsible approach to that, especially with data, because, you know, everybody always talks about data and all of that. But at the end of the day, there's people behind that data, right? And we always need to make sure that we're remembering that. Sometimes we can get lost in it, right? And we're just, you know, excited to be making insights and doing all this with the data. But we really have to remember at the end of the day what it is all about. So, I, you know, with any government organization, I think IT modernization is a really big topic and a big effort there. But, you know, speaking more broadly, I know, especially in the past few years, there's been uh, increasing use of automation that's been helping with a variety of different things. So how are you seeing increasing use of automation at GAO and how is it helping with the mission of GAO? Yeah, we certainly have have done a number of projects focusing on automation. The goal is making sure that we are removing some of these manual processes that allow our analysts to focus on higher value items. Uh, but even through the exploration of emerging technology, for example, on blockchain, um, those kind of technology offer certain opportunities. So, for example, real-time access to information, immutability, security, et cetera. Um, but it does also create new questions that we have to address. So on, on the use of blockchain technology, might that introduce auto methodology impact in terms of how we might access that information? 
and if GAO is part of that blockchain technology, how do we make sure that we remain independent of the business processes? I'll give you an example. We have an operational prototype developed with a fiscal service looking at federal research grants management. Uh, but obviously, GAO is not in the business of issuing grants or deciding who should be receiving that grant. But our interest is around the oversight and, and audit of that information. So how do we participate on that blockchain technology without overstepping GAO's authority and, and interest in part of that collaboration? So a lot of that, I think, generates a, a very interesting set of questions for us to explore that may have methodological impact. And we remain agile in terms of trying to understanding those impact and how might we, in a sort of forward-looking way, adjust our approach to accommodate those technologies. Yeah, and it's interesting if you think about sort of the mission of the GAO and sort of what the idea here is and and keeping government accountable and just in general about all the actions. I'm kind of wondering just to to about that. You know, how is the the mission of government accountability? How is that maybe changing or adapting as emerging technologies change the way that citizens interact with the government or that government agencies deliver services, maybe even things like cybersecurity threats, they, they're continuously emerging. You know, we might not necessarily have had to think about, you know, more advanced things beyond ransomware. Now we may have to think about GPT involved, you know, social engineering hacks. I'm just kind of curious as to like how these things might might be changing some of the, the, the things that you're dealing with on a regular basis. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the federal government certainly is not immune from consequences and advances of, you know, in technology. And so I'll, I'll use AI as an example. Uh, there are, are so will document the potential societal impacts when it comes to biases in the data, when it comes to disparate impacts. And so these technology fundamentally uh, necessitate GAO to rethink how might we evaluate those technology. And so AI in particular, we can't just simply looking at existing literature. We can't just look at um, uh, sort of interview subject matter experts. We need to develop our own muscle memory to be able to unpack individual models, for example, be able to take a look at the underlying training data so that when an agency is saying that data is representative of the constituents, we want to be able to independently verify. And we want to do so in a timely uh, way so that an, an audit report of AI doesn't take six months or 12 months to issue. Uh, just because at the cadence of technology advancement, uh, being timely, I think, is an important attribute of that. Uh, but certainly from federal government perspective, obligation for us to use those technologies responsibly is tremendous. And that may be a different um, type of requirement than, let's say, in the commercial sector. Uh, so, you know, typically we are not focused around, for example, a recommendation engine, uh, much like Netflix or Amazon may be doing. Uh, but we may be using uh, ChatGPT for customer interaction. And we want to make sure that we're providing data and um, sort of that interaction in a way that is consistent with Civil Rights Act, with Privacy Act, um, in a way that not only is helpful, but it's also legally compliant. And, and we need to develop an auto methodology to be able to unpack the underlying mechanics of that to make sure that, in fact, it's happening. Um, so, you know, how do we develop our own policy within GAO on the use of, for example, ChatGPT? Um, you know, the cat is out of the bag. Uh, certainly, we recognize the opportunities and the benefits of something like large language model. But where do we draw that guardrail in a way that not only 
you know, safeguard the sensitive information that we have access to, but still be able to harness the capabilities of large language models. And that's something that we're really trying to stay ahead of the use cases, uh, because I don't think we can always govern by use case. Uh, there, you know, we have a lot of smart people. They always come up, come up with a novel use of technology. But what we want to be able to control are perhaps the underlying technology, the underlying pipeline, so that we can safely explore use of those technology. And that's something that we think about, not just you know AI domain, but a range of other technologies that we um, try to get our hands on to better understand how they work. Yeah, I think that, you know, large language models right now is a super hot topic. And I know that many agencies are talking about that, the use of it, the non-use of it. You know, USPTO has said, no, our uh, folks are not allowed to use it. Other agencies have said, yes, we're embracing this. And until we hear otherwise, go for it. And then there's many agencies that are sort of in the middle, right? You know, seeing where it goes. We always say with emerging technology, it's hard to put up those guardrails and rules and regulations in place until you actually see how people are using the technology, because then you're saying, okay, now I understand how they're going to use it. Maybe these are what I need to safeguard against and for everything else, it, it's okay. So specifically with emerging technology too, you know, how do you maybe collaborate or work with or talk to other agencies so that you're understanding what they're doing, maybe taking ideas from it and applying it to GAO? No, that's a great question. Uh, within the Innovation Lab, we aim to tackle really systemic challenges facing the federal government, whether they're improper payments, whether they're fraud-related, whether they're identity verification. Uh, these are the kind of really challenging issues that I don't think GAO has all of the answers. Um, we certainly have done work in all of these areas that we can draw from, but we want perspective, we want experiences of other agencies. Um, but statutorily, it's very difficult for Article One agency to collaborating with Article Two agency on top of auditors involving with auditees. Um, but we have been able to sort of make progress in the area. Uh, for example, in the Joint Financial Management Improvement Program (GFMIP), it allows GAO to come together with OPM, OMB, and Treasury to collaborate on topics of mutual interest. Um, in this case, specifically financial management. And that is a wide area for us to focus around, for example, use of AI, use of identity verification, how do we mitigate proper payments, use of blockchain technology, for example. So we're trying to find the right forum for us to collaborate while in the individually maintain our sort of agency uh, guardrails around independence, around um, sort of management duties. Uh, but we, we always look for opportunities to collaborate because some of these systemic issues do require a sort of collective effort um, to help address. And, and part of that is, you know, as GAO focus on how we can better inform Congress, uh, we also support Congress through technical assistance in terms of thinking through legislative um, efforts, thinking through legislative language to make sure that we are, um, you know, we can help Congress think through uh, language in a way that not only protect the democratic values that we uphold, but how do we then further promote that American exceptionalism around use of AI, innovation, uh, and technology? Yeah, that's really important. And, you know, this is definitely uh, one of the interesting things about all this technology is that it's global in nature, right? It's that people are evolving and making the use of it in so many different sectors. And of course, also very regional and very local. So um, to what extent maybe you, are you looking at what 
maybe state governments are doing, local governments are doing, maybe international governments or or even organizations like, you know, OECD or other, you know, multinationals. Are, have you been working with or interacting or looking or, or with, with what some of these other groups are doing? The short answer is yes. So, you know, for example, improper payment transcend federal, state, and local and certainly reaches the international level. Uh, within GAO, we are known as a Supreme Audit Institute uh, institution. And in that context, we collaborate with other international Supreme Audit institution, you know, whether they're UK, whether they're Sub-Saharan Africa, whether they're in East Asia, to really talk about specific oversight challenges. And at the state and local level, we collaborate and coordinate all the time when it comes to uh, oversight challenges around AI, for example. Um, you know, there are a lot of federal funding that flow through state and local as well. And state and local entity have to file single audit reports on those programs. So how can we jointly um, sort of look at into those sort of collection of single audits to understand systemic issue, persistent issue? Um, so while GAO has its own independent set of uh, work, but we do coordinate with, you know, uh, uh, Office of Inspector General at the federal level with uh, OECD and, and other entities to make sure that we are working with our allies to advocate responsible use of those technology. But certainly from a state and local perspective, you know, sharing what we've seen, sharing what they've seen, um, how we can sort of collaborate. And I think pandemic is a good example of that, where a lot of improper payments, what we're seeing are these type of cartel-like activities. And so that transcends individual state, individual locality. Um, and and they you know, these cartel like behaviors sort of move as a swarm. So I think that puts an additional emphasis around collaboration, knowledge sharing, and more importantly, um, you know, ability to sort of speak freely around what they're seeing, so that we can be more preventative as opposed to reactive. Yeah. Well, this was such a wonderful podcast, and I know we could go on forever. But I do want to be mindful of our time. So we always wrap up our podcast interviews with the same final question because our guests are able to bring in their own experience, you know, different uh, experiences that they've had at their agency and really answer this question as their own. So we love to ask it because we always get such varied responses. So what do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would love for the public sector to continue to uh, be forward thinking and adopting these capabilities, not reactive to it. And part of that at GAO, so we, we're doing at the cadence that we can be helpful to Congress thinking through some of these uh, regulatory um, you know, conversation. Uh, but more and more, I think change is coming. Um, you know, at GAO, we choose to ride with the tie and not be subsumed by the tie. Uh, but part of that, as I think we talked about, is in making sure that we're accounting for change management and cultural uh, transformation part of that conversation. So we're not just doing technology for the sake of technology. Um, and then the lastly, but, um, it's sort of adhering to a North Star to make sure that we can effectively delineate what might be hypes versus what might be reality. Um, so, you know, uh, I think blockchain and AI, uh, depending on the use cases, some some of these could be potentially a hype, um, but it's, it's sort of our responsibility is to unpack that in a way that we apply those technologies to serve a mission and not having the mission serve the technology. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's always the danger with any sort of cutting edge and emerging technology is sort of the hype always travels faster and farther than the reality because reality, you know, is reality. <laughs> Stuff always takes longer to implement, never does what you want it to do. 
full of challenges you didn't even think of, all sorts of limitations. But, you know, the thing about the hype is that it it provides the promise. So you can be like, well, at least we kind of know we're, we're shifting towards. Sometimes we never meet that promise. Will we ever see full self-driving cars? We'll see. We're, we're yeah. seeing more and more advanced than every day. Will we see the super intelligence? Hopefully we won't. So there's like, there's a like you know, <laughs> all sorts of things on both sides of it. Absolutely. And we need those conversations to stimulate the questions that we need to ask, because I think there are technologies out there that we haven't even thought about the questions to ask of those technologies. and. For GAO, it's a matter of having the right process to navigate that cone of uncertainties. How do we get from uncertainties to the left to greater certainties to the right so that we can do our oversight more effectively? And so we have a very deliberate process that we apply to really try to unpack not only the analytical questions that are being posed to us, but really thinking about how different types of technology might be applicable to solve that particular question in a very iterative, um, prototype-centric kind of way. Well, this is great. Well, that's exactly, I think, what our gut future community really values, because the, the whole purpose of this community is this cross-pollination. Folks who are working in different departments, different agencies, and at different levels, uh, you should know that you're not alone, one, in dealing with these issues, hear how other people are doing dealing with it. And of course, this may accelerate the process of best practices, you know, and making sure that we're adopting and things in the proper way. So Taka, thank you so much. You've been fantastic. This has been a great interview, a great podcast. We really thank you for sharing your insights with our audience. It was my pleasure. Yeah, we had a wonderful time. And we've got great resources if you're looking to get more insight and detail on the range of technology that we discussed in this podcast and other topics. Check out our resources, books, courses, checklists, explainer videos, webinars, and more at govfuture.com resources tailored just for our GovFuture listeners. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you're not already, you should consider becoming a GovFuture member to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. To learn more and to sign up, go to govfuture.com slash join. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.